Good afternoon, Los Angeles and Southern California. I'm Farley Malaris, and you're listening to Astrological Metaphysical Radio, the phenomena of the 80s, also known as the Astrology Hour, on KFOX 93.5 FM, your talk alternative. The Astrology Hour is a public-supported radio show. Produced by Leo Scorpio Productions in association with the Astrology Hour Club and the people of Southern California. All right, Southern California. I know that hopefully you don't have this affliction that I have, this strange virus that's going around Southern California. Stage one lasts about 16, 17 days. Then you think you're done with it, right? Then stage two lasts about 16 or 17 days. So stay away from people, right? You see somebody with the sniffles or sneezing or coughing. This puppy's contagious. I know so many people that are under the weather right now. uh, Capricorn transits do that. You see, Neptune is a planet of very strange ailments. And uh, oftentimes it does rule colds. And you'll notice that a lot of us are going through this midlife crisis transit. Neptune, square Neptune. A lot of you are going through a Neptune, square Uranus. A lot of you are going through a Neptune, whatever. (laughs) And it is Capricorn time anyway. So this is one of the longest viruses I have ever seen. Even though I really shouldn't be here today, I'm being ambitious and I decided, well, it's the Lou Gehrig in me, so here I am. Well, today's topic is called Learning to Love Your Chart. The mistake that a lot of us make, especially those of us that are either new to astrology or even if you're old to astrology, is when you analyze your chart and when you get to look at it, you sort of come to the opinion or the realization that you don't like certain things in the chart. Like you might call me up and say, Oh, Farley's got a Scorpio moon, or Oh, Farley says. Virgos are too prudent, or Geminis talk too much, or you might find out you're Gemini rising. A lot of people call me up and they go, I don't want to be a Gemini rising. I want to be a Pisces rising or a Leo rising. And oftentimes, you will find things in your own chart as you begin your adventure learning about astrology that you don't like. So today's topic is dedicated to those of you that either don't like your chart or those of you that don't like parts of your chart, and I'm going to try to teach you how to embrace and love every single part of your chart. First of all, it is not an accident that we have the natal chart at all. In fact, the reason why we do have the natal chart set up the way it is, is because this is our karma. In other words, we each come back into this dimension, whether it's a first visit or whether it's a multiple visit, We each come into this dimension with a specific lesson, with a major area of growth, learning, and experience that hopefully we will try to master. Each of us comes into this life cycle with a specified series of categories that we must absolve. Oftentimes, when you look at your life, and you'll notice that most people go through cycles of agony and ecstasy, pain and pleasure, When you have it good, sometimes you take it for granted. 
then when you get sick or, God forbid, you have an accident or something strange happens, death in the family or something, you say to yourself, where's the good times? And because all there does exist is the now, best thing you got to do is try to manage the now best way you can. Forget the past and try not to worry about the future. But the point is that each and every one of you has earned your position in this life cycle, life on earth, whatever particular incarnation you have chosen. Some of you don't like being men. Maybe some of you don't like being women. Maybe some of you are gay. You don't like that. Maybe some of you are black or white or green or yellow or red. It's funny how when we do zero in on parts of our nature, whether it's astrological or not, I find that if we don't like something in our chart or if we don't like something in the mirror or if we don't like something particularly associated with our race, color, or religion, then it symbolizes low self-esteem or what I would call a decrease in optimum love potential for ourselves. That is why, even though I do have some extremely vulnerable sides to my nature, extremely sensitive, and also in my chart I have some things that are extremely vulnerable and sensitive too, I have learned to embrace this and love this as my life lesson, as the vehicle that I have chosen, and also as a way to structure my growth potential to its highest good. Now, I know that a lot of you, when you look at your charts and when you read your charts, you'll find a lot of things going on that particularly won't be to your choosing. In other words, you might find a situation like you ladies out there that have Mars and Cancer. Mars is in fall in Cancer, and frankly, a lot of these women don't do too well in relationships because they're so moody and emotional. Or a lot of you people out there might have the moon in Scorpio, and you know, whenever a planet is in fall, that means it doesn't do so well. That means it's literally weakened, symbolizing whatever the planet is, whatever that planet means. If we do find a particular planet in fall, then that means that we are definitely handicapped in that particular area. And that's why all Scorpio moons, including myself and my sister, for example, have extreme, interesting, powerful lessons that we must learn in order to evolve emotionally. Emotions are the trick to overcome when you have a moon in fall in Scorpio. Some people might have Uranus in Taurus right? Some people born in the 40s. Uranus was in fall in Taurus. So obviously we find tremendous abuse oftentimes with people that have Uranus in Taurus in the late 30s and early 40s. And there was also a Saturn-Uranus conjunction going on for a while there in Taurus. So we find too much karma concerning money and obsession with property and possessions. So Uranus doesn't do too well in Taurus. Let's go over some other fall planets. Saturn in Aries is in fall. So we do find people have tremendous identity struggles and tremendous struggles dealing with their appearance and their character and their personality and their hair and their face and everything that epitomizes Aries, including childhood and life force, energy, battery of life. So Saturn doesn't do too well there. And Jupiter is in fall in Capricorn. We find these people obsessed with career and obsessed with logic sometimes, also ethics. And we also find people obsessed with things outside of personal relationships. Told you Mars was in fall in Cancer. Venus is in fall in Virgo. These people are a bit too analytical when it comes to love and romance. 
we do find that the Venus in Virgo oftentimes falls down when it comes to really dealing with love and flowing with the river of emotions dealing with love. Virgo kind of ties that up and the ethics of Virgo or the prudence of Virgo can kind of hamper or deter Venus in that sign. Mercury is in fall in Pisces, so sometimes we find these people mentally insecure, psychologically weak, also emotionally not able to express themselves like they should, saying the wrong things or hearing things wrong. And like I told you, the moon is in fall in Scorpio and the sun is in fall in Libra. So these people may be a little bit too charming, a little bit too manipulative. Now, usually, besides Saturn, when we talk about karma, besides Saturn, I want you to know that wherever Saturn lies in your chart, of course, is a focus of your major life lesson or the major area that you must evolve to and grow from in order to overcome the lessons of this life cycle to optimize soul growth. All right, so that's your Saturn. but. If you do find you do have any planets in fall, like sun in Libra, moon in Scorpio, can you imagine a person with all their planets in fall, right? It's not possible. Mercury in Pisces, Venus in Virgo, Mars in Cancer, Jupiter in Capricorn, Saturn in Aries, Uranus in Taurus, Neptune is in fall in Aquarius, although you won't have too many of those people around right now. We don't know where Pluto is in fall, but we know it's in detriment in Taurus. But anyway, Focusing on your Saturn, your major lesson, and then zeroing in if you have any planets in fall, and then also checking your squares and oppositions will show us where you're most vulnerable. Now, squares in a natal chart typify where we will hurt ourselves or where we will be lowest in self-esteem, the most inhibited, and where we will actually be more frightened or insecure. So people that have a lot of squares in their chart can really be dealing with a lot of fear. Now, frankly, a lot of people think that I'm one powerful puppy. And even though I appear to be powerful and with high level of self-love and self-esteem, you would be surprised if you heard some of my phone calls to my mother, my father, my sister, some of my friends, as to how frightened I could get because I do have the moon in fall in Scorpio with four squares on it. Even Avery the other day commented, sometimes in order to be powerful, you have to drop down to a low ebb. In order to be absent of fear, sometimes you got to have the dickens scared out of you in order to feel those extremes. So I have found, being a little boy back in 1948, having a Scorpio moon with four squares on it, that, that even though my childhood was basically pleasant, no one knew about astrology in my family, so no one was aware of how really frightened and sensitive I really was. So if you add up your squares, and if you especially find one or more or even three or four squares on one particular planet, you can absolutely zero in on a tremendous amount of fear or why you're frightened or what scares you in life or out of life by zeroing in on those squares. Okay, so let's see what we got so far. We've got planets in fall, you know, zeroing in on karma, location of Saturn, squares typifying self-karma or the love that you owe yourself. And then the oppositions would be our ability of manifesting and creating the wrong kinds of people in our lives who would serve as catalyzers for personal growth. And what we do, you know, I, I talked to a friend of mine the other day how she was married to a man and had a very, very strange, bad marriage. 
and she got out of that marriage, and then she moved in with a roommate, and the roommate typified her husband. And we'll note that this woman has a decent amount of opposition in her chart. So here she is absolving one karma with the husband, but still replacing that karma with another man who, even though is not the husband or a love partner, would still typify the stress and anxiety and anguish that was catalyzed in her life to help her understand this lesson. What is this lesson? Well, obviously she creates and manifests dominant men that try to control her life. And oppositions usually mean that we manifest dominant people that control our lives. You know, you can take a look at the opposition. You might have an opposition to Uranus or a square to Uranus. So these people in your life that you would manifest would be friends, stubborn, dominant friends that would try to manipulate you, or in opposition to the sun or the moon, which would be the mother or the father. Sun is father, moon is mother. So if you're born with an opposition to the sun or the moon, you could have manifested a dominant mother or father that might try to control your life. See? Or an opposition to Mercury, which would be a possibly a dominant brother or sister. Opposition to a 10th house planet or a 6th house planet might be someone in the career that might dominate you. Opposition in the 11th house might be a friend that would dominate you. Opposition to the 7th house might be a lover or a marriage partner or a spouse that might dominate you. So see, we already know that there are plenty of things in the astrology natal chart, in the birth chart, to alert us to the fact that there are things about the astrology chart that are difficult, meaning that life is not meant to be that easy, <laughs> okay? So by understanding our natal chart, we can focus and zero in on which areas that we are weakest in, where we would fall down, where we would be most vulnerable. Okay, I'm an astrologer. Now I know I have the moon in fall. Now I know I have four squares on my moon in the first house. So I will try to strengthen myself emotionally, knowing that's where I'm weak. I'll try not to be frightened, knowing that the only thing I do have to fear is fear itself. And I'll also try to strengthen myself as a metaphysician, recognizing that when I am frightened or weak emotionally, that this is a karma, that the best thing for me to do is not take it personal, learn to let it go, learn to send it into the light, and use a behavioral modification like meditation or like prayer or like positive affirmations or just talking to someone I know and love that understands me to help pull me out of an emotional rut. See, like, I am a problem solver, and a good metaphysician is a troubleshooter and a problem solver. And I love my chart because I know that if I make it through this life cycle and evolve beyond some of the negatives and the weaknesses in my chart, that's why I believe that there is nothing really negative in an astrology chart. Everything we find in an astrology chart specifically identifies our vehicle and shows us lessons that we have chosen to learn because of things we have done in past lives that have forced us into these areas. Obviously, I have not been too nice to myself emotionally in many past lives. And that's why I've come back with a Scorpio moon with so many afflictions on it. If you've been mean to people or if you've dominated people, throughout many of your past lives. Maybe you were what we call a dominant ruler, someone in a regal stature. There have been lots of lords and ladies throughout the history of this planet. Many of us alive today with power, with money, with property, with professionalism in our careers are people who have been lords and ladies in past lives, and we have been used to having slaves and used to having servants. So now we've created people in our lives that will treat us as slaves and servants and will dominate us. We have plenty of oppositions in our chart, and that's how you earn that karma. 
the way to reverse that is to understand the reflection and the reversal and why this is being done. What do you do in a situation like that? If you're in a situation where you're uncomfortable with someone that you've manifested, get out. Say goodbye. Move out of that house. Get a divorce. Break off that relationship. Cut off that relationship with mom and dad for a while. Let it soak. Let time heal it. You know, the problem with a lot of us is we bash our heads against the wall with this negative karma. We have these weaknesses. I already know how sensitive and vulnerable I am. I have a moon square sun in the 10th house. So I know that if I work with my father, son being the father in the 10th house of career, moon square it, that there'll be emotional controversies, karmically speaking, dealing with my mom and dad and ill feelings. And that was just the case. In the 70s, when I worked with my dad and my mom was involved, there was a lots of emotional disarray where I was very vulnerable, lots of yelling and screaming. I was hurt. And as I learned about astrology, I identified this karma and processed it. I get along great with my parents now because I refuse to work with them. So that karma in career and with relationships and dealing with money with them is now gone. See how it works? Before, in the past, there was lots of cold shoulders and moods and long periods of time where there was no communication or hurt feelings and the issues were money and profits and collections and raises and such as that. And it really wasn't a good parent-child relationship. So see, by having your astrology chart and learning to love what you have and learning to analyze and understand the locations that you have in your chart, you can love your karma and love your chart and recognize your karma and work it out, absolve it. I like to organize my karma, you know. If I find something in the astrology chart like I could focus on, like let's say I was a nice woman, right, a heterosexual woman, and I had Mars in Cancer in fall, opposed Saturn in Capricorn. Lots of women having Saturn returns right now have that aspect. My friend Kelly Maroney, the actress who's going to be in Ghostbusters 2, I think has a Mars opposition. I don't know if it's to Saturn. I think it is. But oftentimes the karma here is creating dominant, manipulative men into your life that would try to control you. See what I mean? Now, how do you get over this karma? Well, first of all, you process and get rid of those men in your life that are not positive elements. And second of all, you probably hang out and start, what I would say, procuring or nurturing relationships that ordinarily you wouldn't be attracted to. See, it's like the moth to the flame. When we have oppositions, oftentimes we are naturally attracted to those people in our lives that are karmic. You know, a person like Kelly might settle down with somebody who wasn't as macho or much of an actor, somebody that would be as powerful and strong as her, somebody maybe a little more boring or a little bit less powerful, and the relationship would go better because he wouldn't be trying to dominate and manipulate and control her. See how it works? You can zero in on your karma by zeroing in on certain weaknesses that you might have inherited in your astrology chart, and by doing that, embrace it, let it go and process it and use behavioral modification, meditation, affirmations, and prayers to try to reverse this karma and create a more positive environment in your life. Isn't this a wonderful topic? And frankly, you know, this show is an exciting program because we literally dedicate ourselves to enlightenment and also to healing oneself spiritually, to soul growth, to understanding lessons karmic lessons, and we use astrology as a major catalyst. This show, more than anything else, is a correspondence course every day at 12 noon. You hear lots of talk radio 
on your dial. I'm sure of it. You know, I'll even mention them, KFI, KGIL, and KWINK, KABC, you know, lots of talk radio. But where do you hear radio where you can get a topic from the host where he'll just sit there and talk to you about an issue that you can call up and discuss? We don't have any commercials in the Astrology Hour for about 15 to 20 minutes, first part of this show. So it's a nice, pleasant class with a nice, pleasant lecture. And that's why this show is public supported. We don't have the big sponsors that a lot of the other shows and radio stations have. We have some people that help us out. But we need you to use this show as an astrological metaphysical correspondence course. And a topic like this should really pique your interest. You know, when I first got into astrology, I was really frightened of my chart because I thought, you know, wow, all that Scorpio and I had a Venus square Neptune, I thought, whoa, there's some weaknesses here that I don't think I want to have to deal with. I wasn't really happy about my chart. I was proud of all the trines and sextiles, the four trines to my Jupiter and Sag. But for some reason, I got upset about squares and oppositions. I love squares and oppositions now, natally and transits, because they offer so much growth. When you zero in on your karma in your natal chart, or if you're going through a tough transit, you're just being asked to trim the fat away here. You always feel better when you figure out what your karma is and you fix it, you absolve it. You always feel better when you get through a tough transit and it's over. When you've processed that relationship, when you've gotten out of the bad career, the bad marriage, when you've cut off the relationship with the parents until they grow up and learn to respect you, right? when you've gotten out of that roommate situation you don't like, when you've gotten away from those bad habits that you have that bring you down or make you feel weak or affect your health, anything self-destructive, when you really figure out what the problem is and what you can do to fix it. A good metaphysician is a troubleshooter and somebody who is a problem solver. So ever since I've gotten into astrology and metaphysics, I've dedicated my life to help figure out where my weaknesses and vulnerabilities are and do whatever I can to balance and center. And that's why I've dedicated my life to help others balance and center. So don't give yourself a hard time. Don't look at yourself in the mirror and think negative thoughts. Whatever you have, this is what you are. (laughs) You know, this is it. Whatever you are, this is you. This is your chart. This is your body. This is your mind. This is your life. This is your destiny. Best thing to do is just accept it and deal with it. Embrace it. And better yet, love it. Endear it to yourself. And don't stress yourself out over your weaknesses or your faults. Everyone's human. And everyone has a cross to bear. No one out there has it the best. You think all these people that have all these multi-million dollars and all this property and all these family and children have it easy. Hey, they got a lot of responsibility. There's lots of bills to pay. There's lots of pressures in maintaining an empire when you create it. When you make an empire, it just doesn't sit there. You have to maintain it. Even a guy like Kareem can run into trouble if he runs out of money to maintain his empire, right? So, you know, next time you think you have it tough, count your blessings and don't take anything for granted, no matter how small it is, even if you can breathe regularly, if you can think regularly, if you can see, if you can speak, if you can hear, if you can touch, if your senses are functioning, or at least most of them, then thank God for that. Thank God for the small things. 
And stop giving yourself and the world such a hard time because you think you've got a bad role. No one has it worse than anybody else, and no one has it better. All people are really created equal when it comes to karma. We just experience different lessons in different areas. People may not be equal in consciousness, but in many ways we're equal in karma. Of course, some people have more karma than others. Obviously, if you fall down too much in past lives, maybe you'll try to get 5, 6, 7, 10, 50, 60 lives absolved in one. So you've taken on a major course (laughs) of growth in this life cycle. So tackle it, kid. Be strong. Go for it. Don't freak out and don't say, ah, I've got all these oppositions to my Mars. How do I change my chart? I want to get rid of these Gemini Risings. Hey, Gemini Risings are some of the smartest people in the world. They're natural psychologists. They're also minded. And they're also friends when you need someone to talk to. Okay? There's something good and bad about everything in life and astrology. Take it from me.